Hello, geeks. It's a brand new year, which means it's time for our annual look back and look ahead at the world of entertainment. I just hope this hosting gig goes better than Joe Coy's recent Golden Globes debacle. We are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks? This is the Geek Center Podcast, and this is our annual Geek Back episode, where we share our favorite movies, TV shows, and games, as well as our biggest disappointments from the previous year, while also sharing what we're most excited about in the year ahead. My name is Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, you're starting your year off right. We are Geek Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, television shows, toys, collectibles, and all things Geek Centric. 2023 was an incredible year for Geek Centric as we continue to grow and develop our reach in the entertainment world and expand our coverage of all things that we love to watch. We were busy this year, putting out over 55 reviews and conducting more than 40 interviews, not to mention the six watch clubs we hosted, as well as over a dozen other episodes covering award season and the various conventions we attended. Oh, and uh, one of us got the full red carpet treatment in Hollywood with an unbelievable, hopefully not once in a lifetime experience. In addition, we were recently named the number one geek podcast to follow in 2024 by Feedspot.com. Of course, none of this would be possible without a hardworking team of dedicated geeks hellbent on sharing their love of all things geek centric. So without further ado, allow me to reintroduce the team. There's not a rageaholic amongst the bunch, so you'll never have a beef. But they'll surely try to convince you that a heron can be a scary beast. They certainly aren't killers and would never invent the atomic bomb, but they'll have you laughing like reservation dogs, even though it wasn't a sitcom. Though none of them are as old as I am, they're not quite part of Gen V, but they might try to convince you that the zone of interest is the place to be. They aren't as rich as the kids in succession, but have all the heart in the world. They'll tickle you pink with all their charms and make you feel like a Barbie girl. They'll open gaming worlds of magic wands and spider webs of venom. These super podcast bros will make you wonder why there's tears in this kingdom. These poor things work so tirelessly because to them podcasting's a love affair. They're always cooking something up like a talented, relentless bear. I travel all the way across the Spider-Verse just to be a holdover with them. I'm not sure what they were in their past lives, but now I'm happy to call them friends. Justin, Nate, Darcy, Meg, Happy New Year. How was everyone's holidays? Wow. Wow. I think you got applause. all them all. Yeah. Kevin, I'm, I'm out of a job, I think. Uh, <laughs> after that intro, I think you're the new intro guy. That was something else. Wow. I mean, he's just lived up to his name as the writer. That was, that was the true. original tag is hit. Just him, wait till so. you see yeah. my That's opening true. monologue I'm planning for our future Oscars episode this was just a little tease eat my often. dust joe coy and whoever you have writing for, you. for real uh, but no they should have hired you yeah, there we go yeah uh foreign writers press association whatever you're calling yourselves now if you're looking i'm uh, i'm 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 open uh but no how was everyone's holidays new year we were talking off air uh justin and i had quite the uh booze-filled adventure on New Year's Eve. Um, but there's more to it than that. There's family, there's friends, and there's lots of gifts and goodies. So, yeah, any highlights anybody wants to share from the holiday season? I mean, I think, uh, 
you know, I think eating too much is always a, a wonderful highlight. Uh, and we're, we're blessed that we, we get to do that. And uh, it was just kind of getting to the point where like we would have like leftover. We stayed a little longer this year with uh, with my mom's side of the family. And so it was getting to the point where like, wait, we're having this breakfast again, like a full Irish <laughs> you know uh, breakfast it was amazing and uh yeah it's just uh it was really i think that was the biggest highlight for me was just getting to be with with the family uh this year it was was nice yeah i think i think it's nice that all of us have you know either kids or nieces and nephews that we get to watch the holiday magic through now i think i've realized in the last couple of years that's the the holiday magic has sort of dwindled for me but getting to see that through my niece's eyes this year as she's two and she really like gets it and Mm. is excited about presents and stuff it's it's so fun to see her and the magic in her eyes so that was a good time it kind of it kind of reinvents and recreates that magic for you right like i know justin and i are our daughters this was their second christmas but i mean they were just little potatoes last year they didn't know what was going on you know they wore some (laughs) cute little christmas themed pajamas and sat around while everybody but i know for myself uh, my little daughter robbie uh she's starting to starting to talk and a lot of her first words were very christmas centric so we got lots of ho ho ho's and santa and uh, and reindeer (laughs) and uh i think the highlight for me was her favorite movie very quickly uh became uh the grinch starring jim carrey and so i probably watched that about 30 times over the holiday season, I'm 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 almost ready to just cancel the show and say that's my favorite movie, not just of this year, but any year, it's the greatest movie ever. Uh, but uh, I don't think that would be fair to a lot of terrific movies and television shows. Speaking of which, just this past weekend, we had our first big award show of the year as the Golden Globe celebrated the best in television and movies. Big winners on the big screen included Oppenheimer, The Holdovers, and Poor Things, while Succession, The Bear, and Beef dominated the television categories. Were there any highlights, lowlights, surprises, or disappointments that you guys wanted to quickly talk about? Well, uh, I think Joe Coy is definitely a big disappointment. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's, you know, those those jokes weren't vetted, and I don't think that they were appreciated. So, uh, you know, there was, there was just a, a, an air of... Uh, uh, ignorance in and around his jokes to a certain degree, uh, which you know what, Ricky Gervais, just bring him back. He he was yeah. he was made things uncomfortable. At least he offends, they were hilarious. He, he offends people in an intelligent way, you know, <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. right way, <laughs> in the right way, yeah. in the right way, in the right. Or way. you could maybe have a host that's like just a host and you yep. know complimenting the people in the crowd and supporting the amazing art that everybody Honestly, made. I would have loved to have seen Tina Fey and Amy Fuller yeah. come back. I think that would have been would have been a better uh, option for hosting. But no, I think a lot of what the awards uh, for the Golden Globes, it's always teed up as sort of the precursor to the Oscars. Uh, and a lot of the movies that were talked about for uh, award noms, uh, they were showcased really, really well. Uh, movies and TV shows, actually, uh, at the Golden Globes. Uh, and, you know, they all they all deserve their flowers for for what uh, 2023 brought was, you know, strong films and return to theater and, uh, you know, definitely strong television. Television continues to dominate and be sort of the new facet of storytelling outside of films uh, as films become more, uh, you know, special uh, theater experiences. There's becoming this uh, clear distinction between the two, uh, but the same level of craft, the same level of storytelling, the same level of all the things that we love of 
that make them so special is is invested in them. So it was great to see some some big firsts at at the Globes, especially with uh, uh, Lily Gladstone winning for Best Actress. I think that definitely cues her up for Oscars and. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Oscars kind of shake out because the categories are always far less, right? You know, the Golden Globes has two sets of categories with, with five and five almost, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, whereas the Oscars is just one category, best actress, best actor, best picture usually can be the one that's either five or ten. But usually they're, they're usually just five nominations. So it'll be interesting to see who gets in those five nominations for those categories. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Globes are kind of nice in that you get to celebrate a few more performances than just the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one of the, the better aspects of that show, for sure. And I also wanted to shout out just the um, the the so much uh, such a better way of announcing the best animated uh, category, uh, not just because my girl Flo Poo was up on stage there with uh, with Natalie Portman, the original. Uh, but um, but no, I, I, I think the way that they were able to uh, to talk about um, the the concept of animation as a medium uh, and as a way of telling stories and just the respect that they gave it uh, is is so, so much better than uh, some of the times in the past when uh, when it was just about degraded, you know, their kids favorite yeah. movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one downside aside from Joe Coy, is that his name? Yeah. The one downside yeah. to me is I feel like a lot of TV and film were categorized incorrectly this year. And oh, <laughs> I don't know. I if think that's every award show, though. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, but that's no, but no. It, it, the Emmys is obviously very much where TV shines, and there's there's proper categories yeah. based on the TV syndicated structure of of how it works. Whereas the Globes is like this sort of celebratory uh you know mixed medium mixed bag of 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 content from all sides and they they definitely what they put in specific categories is musical comedy they called may december a comedy or musical like it i haven't seen it yet it was a dark comedy if it was a comedy let me tell you but if a drama if a drama at any point in time just has some laughs for levity because it is such a heavy drama that doesn't make it a comedy. No, no. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, I don't know. No. I mean, I think if anything, if you're the sixth best drama of the year, you just don't make it into yeah. the nominations. But to squeak it into a different category and think nobody's going to yeah. notice. And uh, to take away from crazy. actual comedies and actual musicals. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Exactly. I'm sure they could have found another terrific film to, uh, to, to, to put in there instead. Uh, I will just quickly say that in terms of uh, the acceptance speeches, there were a lot of terrific ones, uh, especially like you mentioned from some first-time winners, Justin. But like, uh, hands down, Robert Downey Jr. stole the show, in my opinion, with his acceptance speech. A great way to do it with humility, a little self-deprecation, um, thanking everybody and, and having fun. And then speaking of self-deprecation... Um, if you don't bring back Carrie Russell and Ray Romano to do to present an award at the Oscars, you're missing a huge opportunity because I thought they were absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, stuff. All right. Well, much like the Golden Globes celebrated the best in movies and television, this is why we are here today. We're going to look at our favorite movies, television shows, animated projects, and even video games of 2023. We will then share our biggest disappointments of the year, but we won't stay dour too long as we wrap up the show by looking at some of the movies and TV shows and games we are most excited about for 2024. So without further ado, let's get this party started. 2023 saw some huge numbers at the box office, including billion-dollar returns on a three-hour historical courtroom drama and an intelligent reimagining of an iconic toy line. 
Streaming services also had one of their biggest years, as some of the best pictures of the year aren't merely reserved for theatrical release anymore. It's time to talk about our favorite movies of 2023. Justin, why don't you start us off? Wow, I'm the one <laughs> kicking this one off. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, this, was a tough, this was a tough category because, as you mentioned, there were, there were some strong contenders uh, in the movie category. And, you know, we just talked about the Globes, seeing all the love for Oppenheimer. I'm so excited for that film to hopefully take some big Oscar wins uh, when, when the Oscars come around. Um, and, you know, we got some of our geekiest movies, some, some really fun stuff. The movie that I chose, though, is probably a little like it's well known and it and it did well. But I think it's it's one that you guys probably aren't going to suspect. It's a movie I've watched a few times this year. Uh, it came out, obviously, uh, earlier this year, I think, believe in April. It's a Canadian film. Uh, this is Blackberry, directed by Matt Johnson, Ooh, starring wow. Jay Baruchel, Matt Johnson and Glenn Howerton. Uh, you know, I, I honestly think that this movie is a remarkable achievement for Canadian cinema. Uh, which is why I really enjoyed it. I, I love telling the story of the rise and fall of BlackBerry, which, as we all know, is the original smartphone before the iPhone. Um, you have an outstanding cast. And honestly, this movie just finds such a way to balance comedy, factual storytelling, and drama in a really captivating way with these outstanding performances. Um, and I think that's just like, it's so a la... Aaron Sorkin or even you know uh, to to a, another degree um, Adam McKay where there's just this idea of having fun and telling the story in an authentic way but still having fun with it and you know Glenn Houghton is just outstanding in this movie like honestly he's so frigging good and I just love the way Matt Johnson shot it I think the idea of shooting it on long lenses so that there's more uh, you're further away from where these moments are happening and it's about them sort of unfolding in a very natural way without the rhetoric of feeling like you're being watched by cameras. They they staged it in a very documentary way. And I just think, again, the film is just such an example of what Canadian cinema could be when you sort of break that mold of the sort of stories and sort of things that, the sort of stories that are so intrinsic to Canadian heritage. This is different. And it shows a, a real strong sense of like forward thinking. Uh, for what's next in, in Canadian film. So yeah, I, I, I've watched that movie three three times over this year, uh, and I, I really did enjoy it, and it's one that I've I've come back to constantly. I do think that the critical response to it is terrific, and I think Johnson has a, a wonderful future um, ahead of him. I can't wait to see sort of what he does next, because I was like taken, taken by surprise with how much I really, really enjoyed that movie. So uh, yeah, it was excellent. Uh, Meg, we're going to move on to you. What was your favorite movie of 2023? Okay, well, uh, I don't think it's any surprise which movie I'm going to pick. Um, my favorite movie of 2023 came out on July 21st this year. It re literally won the box office, and my favorite movie is Barbie. Woo! It's iconic. This movie was about everything female on the surface, but deep down gave a voice to those who, feel who felt stifled and stuck in the structure of what society deems correct. Men should be manly men who don't cry or express themselves. And women should be, well, just listen to America Ferreira's monologue. <laughs> Incredible sets, nostalgic and poignant references, and a Ryan Gosling temper tantrum I can get behind. <laughs> it's pink and fun and absolutely <laughs> hilarious, but also incredibly powerful and effortless in its themes and meaning. All in all, the perfect movie. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I think Oppenheimer's the best movie of the year. Iron Claw at the end of the year 
did so much for me as a wrestling fan to see a story from that world being told with respect and with you know such amazing craftsmanship it was 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 a real thrill for me but barbie was sublime sublime and i'm just ken, i'm just ken might be my favorite musical number in a movie ever and certainly since blame canada many many years ago uh, that movie rocked <laughs> my pink socks right off. Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, Nate. Yeah, no, I uh, I wanted to jump in and just sort of like, because we had seen the movie. I think we saw it twice together, yep. uh, Megan, in <laughs> with different groups of people. And um, like just the, the way that I just, the, my cheeks hurt. I think that's the number one thing we talked about. Not the cheeks downstairs, but the cheeks upstairs. <laughs> hurt uh from smiling and laughing so so much uh and yeah just such incredible performances and the way that they're able to sort of uh take this movie and and it was it was interesting because i think we had noted like there were a lot of like little kids and and young girls that were in the audience that were just kind of like some of them were a little bored and and not really because their parents thought oh it's barbie it's a kids movie what a great way to take an, an existing ip and deliver such an important message uh, I think it was just it was incredible, and I, I really can't wait uh, to see what she what she does next. Uh, Greta Gerwig, that is. Yeah, I also think it's funny. Like the testament to how big Barbie was was the fact that we were seeing people dressing up to go to the movies, and it wasn't a Star Wars or MCU event. They were they had their Barbie movie outfits, and that was a thing on the internet. Was what are you wearing to go see Barbie? How pink are you dressing? And I, just the fact that that became a phenomenon just speaks yeah. volumes to the movie itself so yeah great pick guys 100 <laughs> percent. i'm i'm with you there Dars. Uh, i'm sad that it took me and sarah about a month or so to go see it so by the time we did there was just scheduling conflicts we missed it early on but i had such a stellar outfit for that movie my pink polo <laughs> and cool surfer shorts uh so i still wore it a month and a half later i was the only one kind of dressed up at that point but no it was kind of cool to see a movie outside of the traditional geek you know, sphere, get that sort of cosplay treatment and excitement. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's just another example of, of, you know, movies being back in theater. It That's why it deserved the award for, for sort of winning the box office because it put people in that theater to experience mm -hmm. that movie and it, 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 it eventized it. it. It made it something that was really special by dressing up with your friends and doing that. So I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's very clear that both studios probably talked to one each other, you know, Oppenheimer and Barbie going out on the same day, but they both knew the value of what they were going to be doing by coming out on that day and by putting people in the theater. And I think Hollywood recognizes that. Hollywood acknowledges that, which is why you're going to see, I think, a, hopefully, hopefully a more love for Barbie at, at the Oscars. Uh, because, you know, I don't think that they have an award like who won the box office, so maybe they will eventually. They should add one. <laughs> they should probably add one, but yeah. but it's pretty clear. Well, Zack Snyder won't win the Fan Choice Awards this year, so maybe Barbie's got it. Hopefully not. <laughs> There's no bots that are going uh, to sing. But, you know, to, again, it's just this idea of celebrating these movies for doing the work that has kind of, you know, it's working against what, what happened with the pandemic, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know we said no honorable mentions, but I just want to talk about the event thing that happened with Barbie. It also happened with a little uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> and <laughs> I just want to shout out that whole Eras Tour movie. It was iconic. It was another movement that happened, and it was a pretty incredible experience. As somebody who like was not much of a Taylor Swift fan going to see the movie, 
hearing people scream in a theater as though it's an actual concert yeah, that'd be and fun. having yeah. kids running around and, dancing and like and stuff. dancing yeah. and stuff. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever experienced in a movie theater. And even if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, it is a crazy experience. So it was a good it's, one. It's <laughs> the best show on earth. She's the best performer alive. And, you know, I'm glad she got nominated in that category and would have almost been fine with that, that, that production winning simply yeah. because it brought in hundreds of millions of dollars to of the course. theaters yeah. so that other, you know, that helps 100%. all of us, you know, whether you're a Swifty, yes, whether you exactly. want to see that movie, that helps us as movie fans. And mm -hmm. so Taylor Swift, you're doing it all over the place. You are truly a queen. <laughs> uh, Darcy, how about yourself? Favorite movie of the year? Yeah. Uh, so mine, I was looking back and it took me a while like, trying to think of all the movies we've been to this year. We've been to so many and a lot of them are standouts especially in the animation category but i wanted to because we're in a gush about that later on i decided to go live action for my favorite movie and it was an earlier release as well and it was maybe it's recency bias because i'm back into playing D D a lot but D D honor among thieves to me is sweet choice what i go to movies for i go i go to a movie to be entertained and be taken on an adventure and D&D Honor Among Thieves is that to a T while also being a great homage to D&D itself. So everything about that movie is so enjoyable. Every time I go back to it, I always, always smile at different things and random jokes. So to me, that is the standout movie of the year is D&D yeah. Honor Among Thieves. I, I, I remember you, me and Meg coming out of that theater being like, was that not awesome? Like, just like, like, are we all on the same page? Because like, we were pretty thrilled and surprised because I think we all mm -hmm. anticipated that movie not to hit as well. And while it didn't do great, at the box office based on the standards of what the box office demands, I think it was well received. There's enough people that are, there's definitely talks of a sequel. It's just a matter of what that looks like. But yeah, this is another one of those surprise hits mm -hmm. from 2023 that, that definitely delivered. Totally. And I, I think it's cool because a movie like Dungeons and Dragons, you think would only appeal to people who play the game, but it's, it's so much bigger than that and it you didn't need to know anything about the game mm -hmm. yeah when you go into that movie you don't need to know what the game consists of you can still enjoy it and all the jokes hit all the weird fantastical things also hit even though it's so strange but yeah Chris uh, Pine's face melting like. right and <laughs> shout out to Jarnathan <laughs> Jarnathan <laughs> oh poor Jarnathan uh, yeah you know I think 23 years ago, we saw just how bad a Dungeons and Dragons movie could be. Oh my be. God. And so the yeah. fact that this was not just better than that, but so good uh, was really, really awesome. That was certainly one of the most fun and enjoyable movies of the year. Uh, Nate, let's wrap this category up with your choice for your favorite movie of the year. Yeah, you guys got me hyped to... Uh, to to watch that movie. I got to check out Dungeons and Dragons. You I can't believe you wow. haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You're sleeping what? on a hit, man. I'll check it what out. I'll check it out soon. Watching and reviewing a um, hundred other movies? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, but no, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to I'm gonna wrap up this category, or better yet, I'm going to web up uh, this category uh, with my favorite film of 2023. There have been some incredible fours and fives out of fives that we reviewed. You know, we brought up the Iron Claw. We brought, uh, we didn't bring up, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, at least for myself. And I know we've talked about Oppenheimer, but this is the year of animation. Uh, and my favorite film of the year is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, this movie just held unmatched style and it's it's just an accomplishment 
in filmmaking just as much as any of the other accomplishments in filmmaking that we got in 2023 and just the visual mastery it's on full display uh, in this movie and there's just unbelievable character design world building the variety of characters on screen is just insane to think about how much work went into it but all the way down to the really subtle things that I loved about the movie as well like the the color shifting universe in Gwen's uh Gwen Spider-Verse where you know it, it goes along with her her mood I just I get something new every time I go back to the movie and I love that it's a love letter to all things Spider-Man, to all things comic book, to art, to music, uh, to Miles' Afro-Puerto Rican uh, heritage and culture. Uh, and it just gets so, so much right. So I can't stop smiling every time I think about the movie. Uh, and I this might be hyperbole, but I want to go on record here in 2023 and say this. Uh, it is right up there with... The Empire Strikes Back and The Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, uh, as one of the best sequels in existence. Uh, and I'm so happy that we're going to get another one. I don't know how it's going to top it, but yeah, Spider-Man, that's the one for me. Thwip, thwip. <laughs> I want to say something, but it's my animated one. <laughs> okay, we'll get to it, I guess. I'll say it. I'll we'll, say it. We'll then. save sure, it yeah. uh, eventually. But yeah. uh, first, we are going to change the channel and take a look at our favorite television programs of the past. What's a channel? Oh, right. <laughs> right. I think I'm probably the only one who still has like basic. Cable. Do you mean resubscribe? <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What streaming service is that? I haven't heard of that one yet. Well, yeah. I need to get it. Um, Darcy, yeah. I'm going to start with you because I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, and I'm excited to talk about this one a little bit. So, uh, Darcy, lead us off. How many pieces do you think Darcy's <laughs> going to talk about? <laughs> well, that's the thing. is I, One piece is an easy choice for me because not only the live action was standout, but this year in terms of the, the anime going on right now, we got one of the biggest events in, in the animated version of Gear 5 and the debut of that. So it is the best time to be a One Piece fan right now. And I'm so glad that the live action managed to draw in so many new fans. The fact that I'm able to talk about One Piece with Kevin, who before <laughs> before this live action, he would roll his eyes whenever I brought it up because it's so far-fetched and fantastical. But they nail it and catch... They get the whole pirate adventure right and what it means to be a part of a crew and part of a family in, in that first season. So I cannot wait for more people to watch that and for that second season to come out and to be able to talk about One Piece even more. So, yeah, One Piece all the way. 100%. That was absolutely one of my favorite uh, shows of the year and probably my biggest surprise in terms of just how much I loved it. That is, you, you nailed it, Darcy. It is such a fun pirate adventure. And when do we get those? We never get those anymore. It's not the, the 40s with Errol Flynn anymore. We never get to see fun pirate stuff, you know, that doesn't star Johnny Depp. And, you know, so it was fun to get a new pirate franchise to be excited about. The The villains are ridiculous and over the top and yet work. The characters are silly and and just bizarre, but have so much heart that you can't help but fall in love and root for them all along the way. I cannot wait for season two. Uh, and it got me very excited about a live action show coming out uh, this year um, that uh, we might mention a little later on in the program. Um, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna jump in right here and uh, say that if it, if if it wasn't for this next show, One Piece would have been my favorite. But yeah, uh, well, I think the best show on television this year and and maybe of all time was certainly Succession, and we saw that at uh, the Golden Globes with all the love it got. My favorite show was The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, I had never oh. even considered watching it until a good friend. 
of the program, Andrew Feltham, bugged me for about the 15th time. He's like, Kev, you're going to like it. Just watch it, man. <laughs> and it turned into an instantly bingeable show. While the fifth and final season wasn't the best in the show's run, uh, it terrifically ended a show that I fell in love with uh, from start to finish. Amazing writing, this unbelievable ability to capture the era of the late 50s and early 60s with, with beautiful set pieces, incredible costuming, just tap your feet, incredible music, and then the performances. Rachel Brosnahan, Alex Borstein, Kevin Pollack, and then especially, and I am underlining, bolding, and italicizing the word, especially... Tony Shaloub, holy moly, he was so fantastic in the show. I, like, if that was something that was weekly, I would have like anticipated watching the next episode just to see how incredible he was going to be. I absolutely loved it. So yeah, uh, another just surprise show that kind of came out of nowhere for me, and uh, sad to have seen it wrapped up, but super thrilled that it wrapped up uh, as wonderfully uh, and poignantly as it did. Uh, Megan, why don't we move to you for your favorite show of the year? Absolutely. There was some incredible TV this year, as there always seems to be since we've hit this streaming platform. It gives way to shows to have a little more access to, I guess, budget and all these things. But I mean, there was a couple of seasons that were not season one that I think exceeded expectations. For me, it's going to be Ted Lasso season three is my favorite show this Football year. Football is life. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most emotional and beautiful end to a show that I never wanted to see end. This show tackled themes that were so relevant and relatable, but twisted them into really positive and hopeful experiences. You always expect some sort of negative incident or drama to ensue, but then something beautiful and meaningful would happen. This is a show I have and will always go back to for comfort and joy, which is basically my MO when it comes to entertainment. I'm inspired by the women of this show in their power and confidence and equally inspired by the men in the way they tackle their emotions and relationships. Basically, I wanted it to just keep going and I'm not okay, but it ended perfectly, <laughs> but I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's one of those just those moments where it's like I think, you know, if you had told me that I was going to fall in love with a show about football, um, I would just I would be like, no way, dude. I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't really care about sports, but just the 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 energy and, and the love that you get from just watching this um, is so just so lovely. Um, and I will just mention if you want to keep watching something that I think is just as stellar. It's not my pick, but I will just shout it out. Uh, I do want to shout out Shrinking. It's criminal that it didn't get a nomination at the Golden Globes. Absolutely criminal. Jason Siegel did get a nom. Siegel Jason got a Siegel nom got a single fact. nomination, right. Yeah. But the program itself and everyone involved should have got a little more love. Uh, Justin, how about yourself? What was your favorite show of 2023? I guess it wasn't the, the Golden Globes favorite, but Shrinking was my favorite oh, there we uh, go. for 2023. Yeah, yeah. Get in there, buddy. <laughs> Tell us why. Tell us why. Well, in a lot of the, what, the same sentiments of what Meg was talking about in relation to Ted Lasso. I think Shrinking very much continues that conversation and that dialogue, but in a different way with a different set of characters. It's almost like you can see this Ted Lasso universe, if you will, right? Like I know we're talking about a football show, but at, at the root of Ted Lasso, it is in a, an exploration of emotions and, and friendships and relationships and balancing 
your own mental health in relation to other things yeah. that are, that can can work against you at times. And shrinking again continues that dialogue, as I said, with whole whole bunch of new characters, very lovable characters. Uh, Jason Siegel's fantastic. Um, Harrison Ford is oh, incredibly delightful. So hilarious. Uh, he's just so charming, and it's so good to see him in a a capacity where he's doing something like like this uh, comedy um and 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 whatnot but the real highlight of of the show is jessica jessica williams is gabby she brought such an honesty and authenticity to her performance that uh only added to this this nuance of the comedy feeling so real not forced um so i really i really enjoyed it so yeah shrinking is is my favorite show of 2023 I, I i called it at the beginning of the year and when i was going through this list there's so many great tv like again like you guys were saying tv has killed it this year it continues to be the new form of storytelling uh, outside of cinema outside of theater outside of movies and i think that it's it's finding its its footing with all these different properties you know we talk about star wars and mcu stuff they're you know they're figuring it out you know but then we talk about these really heartfelt shows like Ted Lasso or Shrinking that really do have you invested. And, and another great show too, just as an honorable, is Reservation Dogs season three was absolutely outstanding. I think it uh, it definitely delivered on on a satisfying ending, much like Ted Lasso season three. Yeah, you know, you 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 you, you hear the the old saying, you know, you don't want to outstay your welcome. But with a show like Ted Lasso, like no, 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 you you're more than welcome to have stayed a little bit longer. But <laughs> you at, can stay at longer. least we have shrinking to sort of carry on that mantle of these shows tackling difficult you know, uh, uh, could relatable. be very depressing, but yes, very relatable issues in that lovely sort of sentiment. Um, it, it's, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really beautiful a style. Whimsy of, of its own. It's a really yeah. lovely storytelling style that uh, Apple mm -hmm. is absolutely hitting it out of the park with. Nate, we are wrapping up mm -hmm. uh, another category with you, my friend. What was your favorite show of the wrapping year? Wrapping up or webbing up? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Not this year, maybe Spidey, next year. Spidey and his amazing friends. Uh, that's uh, a great show <laughs> Disney <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, it's it, as Megan said, and I think as we've all kind of mentioned, looking at our like reviews for 2023, it's the majority of them were for TV shows uh, yeah. and for streaming shows and, and these shows that were just phenomenal and either they were premiering or they were coming back for a season two or three. So it was such a, a tough choice to narrow it down. This was the hardest category for me. Succession knocked my socks off. Kevin, thank you so much for convincing me to get into that show and to watch that show all the way through. Incredible return of Loki with season two that we just sort of went through. Um, but uh, but I wanted to choose something that premiered in 2023. Which was, which was, again, really tough. Gen V uh, coming off The Boys was incredible. Ahsoka as a Star Wars fan is just as good as Bad Batch, I think. Again, just so much good TV. But I ended up settling on HBO's The Last of Us. Uh, what a damn good show. And I said in my review for The Last of Us Part Two, uh, the video game, that it, it pushes the medium forward in terms of storytelling. And this does the same thing, but for video game adaptations. Uh, I think this is this show is 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 setting a new bar for how to deliver incredible stories that so many people are missing out on because they either don't like games or they don't have the time or maybe they physically cannot uh, enjoy them. Uh, the music in this series is hauntingly 
beautiful and, of course, incredible performances from Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, our next level. And, I mean, everyone, even if you didn't watch the show, you heard about episode three uh, starring the award-winning uh, yeah, Emmy, Emmy, Emmy winner Nick Offerman uh, and, uh, and as well as uh, the incredible Murray Bartlett. Um, I don't think anyone who watched that episode will ever forget it. Um, so I'm blown away by the show. I'm so excited for season two, especially hearing the casting uh, of Caitlin uh, Deaver as Abby uh, for season two. I am so stoked. But yeah, The Last of Us was just uh, uh, incredible, incredible. And we, we find maybe did we finally get that video game adaptation that just knocked it out of the park? I think we absolutely did. Uh, but it's now time to flip the page and paint a picture of our favorite animated projects of the year. And I don't think there's anybody we could... Well, there's a few of you on the panel that we could start this off. But Meg, I am 100% <laughs> going to you here. What was your favorite animated project of the year? Well, I'm I'm going to shout out a few incredible animated things we got this year because we got so much amazing animation, TV and movies. We got Star Wars Vision Season 2 Woo! with incredible animation from animation studios all across the world. We got What If Season 2 right at the end of the year, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a movie that's taken 10 years to create. We got an incredible Disney film that added so much to the lore of Disney but we've already mentioned it but this is my absolute favorite animated movie of the year Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse I I I can't pick anything else it it just was iconic and incredible a beautiful piece of work gorgeous colors totally out of the box technology I'm going to repeat a lot of what Nate said <laughs> leaps and bounds made in the world of animation with the pre- previous movie and this one, and I'm sure with the next one, this movie had all of the Marvel I could handle and actually didn't overdo it, surprisingly so. With the amount of characters that were introduced and the worlds that we were brought to, it easily could have felt crowded, but each one of these characters got the appropriate amount of time to shine while keeping the story about Miles. It gave light to the direction of the Spider-Verse and Miles' journey, and I just absolutely can't wait to see what they do in Beyond the Spider-Verse. Like, do you think it'll be better, Megan? Do you think they have a way to top what we got? You know what? I think that each movie is standing on its own. I don't think there's a better or worse. Mm. I think they're all, at least the first two, are their own movies. And I'm just really excited to see the next one. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I think it's, you know, when you talk about, when we talk, at least when you think about the technical achievements of, uh, across the Spider Verse, it 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 pushes boundaries in its method of of storytelling and and breaking the conventions of what animated movies look like, um, and I think that they've they've set that that precedence uh, yeah. with with their with their art style, which has been you know again constantly worked on before we got to Across the Spider Verse. So it'll be interesting to see what the next iteration of that imagination looks like in Beyond, but it also begs the question like what more can they do without really shifting their their style we'll have to wait and see but it's nonetheless it's it's definitely a crowning achievement in uh in animation for sure well yeah i mean i think it 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 changed the game in a lot of ways um and and invented uh sort of visual styles that we hadn't really seen but that's not to say that there weren't a lot of other incredible animated projects this year nate what was your favorite 
Yeah, you know, it's it's because again, I think this is the year of animation, as I've been saying, and I, I'll never. I'll, I think I should get a T-shirt or a tattoo with that. I think twenty twenty three, the year of animation. Um, but uh, but no, I think you know, there's a reason we have this category uh, this year, and again, it was tough to narrow down. But I'm going to go with something that was somewhat of a surprise, I think, for a lot of us, uh, and that's Blue Eye Samurai. Um, you know, memoirs of a geisha meets. Mulan meets Kill Bill. Um, this series was just, it continues to show why animation isn't just a genre. It's not just for kids. This is definitely not a show for kids. Um, but the way that they were able to use the animation to, to tell different stories and to show different shots with these characters and these narratives, the way that they can only be done in animation. And I, I think um, I recently talked about this uh, when we talked about uh, Echo, um, but I love when a when a show can not only entertain me, but can also educate me uh, so much. And this authentic look at the historical era of of Edo Japan um, is just it was it was phenomenal. The characters, the the costume design, uh, the way they walk or fight, the way that the animation team at Blue Spirit Studios worked closely with historians just to ensure the accuracy of the historical moments that they were showing on screen is phenomenal and again it is it is a it's a, a story it's a fictional story but it's set within a real time period uh and it's just top notch and the action and the cast and everything is so great about it and they're getting a season two mm-hmm. so i'm so stoked i'm so stoked yeah me too because uh blue eyed samurai is actually my pick as well uh but before i talk about that let me just give some uh honorable mentions here uh my most anticipated movie for 2023 was teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and i have to say that movie did not disappoint it did not miss the mark it delivered on everything i hoped for you know the way we were talking about across the spider-verse you know teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem finds its own unique style its own unique look that is so perfect for the turtles um and you see it in every frame this sort of grungy sketchy uh look to the characters that feels almost like uh, unfinished and unpolished you know there's there's a there's a beauty in the imperfections if you will uh so that movie definitely didn't disappoint um another movie though just to give a quick shout out uh to is Nimona yeah Nimona was my number two there you go <laughs> it was it was fantastic and such a mm-hmm. beautiful story and gorgeous animation and yeah Nimona's a fantastic character yeah, no, it, and rightfully so. It, it, this movie was a total surprise, I think, for all of us. Uh, we were so taken back with its story, its visual look. Um, you know, Netflix animation, you know, seriously killed it. I, and for myself to be so lucky to sit down with the creator, Andy Stevens, and the directors of the film, Nick Bruno and, and Troy Quain, as well as the entire cast of Nimona, you know, that was definitely one of the huge highlights for me for 2023. Um, just because it was such a surprise, I was so taken back by it. And that's very much how I feel about my pick with Blue-Eyed Samurai. It was such a surprise. I remember I brought it to Nate and Darcy and they were like, yeah, okay, let's let's check it out. I knew right off the bat that this was going to be something great. And I was definitely taken back with how special it was. You know, you already called it out, Nate. It's such a, an, a revenge story. It brings together so many different uh, uh, existing stories like Kill Bill, Memoirs of a Geisha, Mulan. Um, but I think those can also be sort of generalizations. I think what the beauty is about uh, 
uh, Blue Eye Samurai is its 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 commitment to the historical accuracy, like you were pointing out, while also doing something new and taking a more modern approach. I would almost compare a show like this to Game of Thrones, you know, in terms of its seriousness and its levity that it brings to these dramatic situations. But you know, it, this show does not hold punches back. It is gory. It is adult. Uh, the action and the choreography feels so fluid, similar to that of what we would see in live action. And the fact that they used live action techniques to help design the choreography is just a monumental success. And, and how you feel the moments of, of, of combat in this in this show and just the depth that it goes to. And it's such a personal character journey. And I, again, I just think it's such a great example among all of the the fine examples of animation that we've had through 2023 of a beautiful marriage between the medium of animation and storytelling and and i think that that's why i was so surprised by this show and so taken back and it's my favorite and um i'm stoked to see for season two it's gonna be so good dude. it's gonna be great i can't wait to see it Dars, I know you loved all of uh, those projects uh so i'm very curious to see what what topped your list this year and I already mentioned One Piece being incredible this year with the animation of Gear 5. I'm not going to go with that for my pick, though, because I'm not that big of a weeb. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is the standout animated performance. Just the way that at first I was expecting we are going to get something that was visually similar to uh, Spider-Verse and was going to be following a lot of those same you know animation styles. But they completely pushed the boundaries, like, subverted yeah. those expectations and did their own thing. And the way that they went... It almost looked like it was claymation at times, the way that there were sketched lines that were forward and the depth of field that they gave you with just these, you know, different colors. It was incredible start to finish and just an overall fun movie. I honestly cannot wait to watch the series that's coming out of that movie leading into the second uh, movie. So yeah, uh, Mutant Mayhem is by far my favorite animated thing. Although I will say Scott Pilgrim uh, takes off is a close second. So yeah. Well, I will say I haven't seen that one yet, uh, and if anybody knows my thoughts on Scott Pilgrim, um, there's a reason I haven't jumped into it, uh, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> but no, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was also my favorite choice of the year. Uh, like you said, the the animation style where it looked like claiming, it looked like when when the characters were standing in front of the camera, it was like there was little like thumbprints in their heads almost as if they had been, like the imperfections made it perfect, and I thought that was such a mm -hmm. cool touch mm -hmm. to add to it. And then, like, Jackie Chan as Splinter is everything I always wanted from that so character good. and so much more. Like, you got an animated Jackie Chan fight scene, which I haven't seen since the Jackie Chan animated television show back from the uh, yes. late 90s, early 2000s. So Jackie Chan Adventures, That's baby. the one. So, no, that, that movie was an absolute delight. And like you said, Darcy, it set up so much for its universe and the fact that it was a resounding success with audiences both critically and uh you know financially it's it's exciting to think we're going to get more from from these you know they somebody finally did ninja turtles right for the first time in a very long time so that is exciting mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things I loved so much about that movie specifically was the character design. Mm -hmm. It was so grungy and also as if a kid drew it. Mm -hmm. Like that, it gave off that very old school nostalgic vibe. And that was probably one of my favorite parts about that movie was the character design. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to decide what's cuter though. Uh, Baby Turtles or Mayday Parker. I, I don't know. <laughs> They're both up there <laughs> for me. Both equally cute, but... 
I'm surprised nobody said the boy in the hair. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I thought that was, was going to be Darcy's. That was on my short list, too. Again, I'm a big weeb. I like me some anime. Ghibli's <laughs> up there. But again, TMNT blew it out of the park for me just because it was so special. No, I was yeah. a little surprised, Darcy, just because you and uh, Nate, your review for uh, Boy in the Hair, and had me like, man, I got to watch this movie. You guys did such a great job uh, pimping that movie up. And Darcy, your, your anime <laughs> knowledge was, it was really, I, I learned a lot about the studio and, and the art style just by listening to that episode. It was uh, one of my favorite episodes that uh, we did this year. Um, so I'm excited for my Oscar watch binge as I get ready for the big show because uh, there's two animated projects, Nimona and, and Boy in the Hair, and that I am stoked to uh, check out. Uh, but it's time to change things up just a little. Let's grab those controllers and button mash our favorite games of the year. Uh, Nate, I don't think there's any question who's starting this one off. Hit it up, buddy. Well, let me wrap this one up, or should I say web this one up? Uh, how many times can I do that this episode? <laughs> um, I, you know, I think... There is a certain game uh, by Nintendo that I will hold off from mentioning uh, that I think was just a technical achievement. uh, And it's just, I think, uh, like Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and what I'm about to talk about, I think it it shows that we can get unbelievable sequels that can improve and iterate in new ways. Um, But I think somebody else on our team might mention that one. Uh, So my favorite video game of 2023 uh, and was the number one thing I was looking forward to in 2023. If you go back and listen to our previous recap episode, um, I I, I went with... um, uh, sp- uh, sp- Insomniac Spider-Man 2. I don't know why I was forgetting the title there. We've just been talking about this the entire time. Uh, Insomniac Spider-Man 2. I played the game. I platinumed it uh, with a playtime of 42 hours over the course of about a week playing the game straight. Uh, and I think, much like watching Barbie, I don't think the smile left my face the entire time that I was playing it. I think everything from the pacing uh, of the of the game uh, to the character development to the combat the, it's just it's it's incredible and the the heartfelt side missions uh, i think were such a lovely surprise coming from the previous two games spider-man 1 and miles morales i think this game improves on everything that came before uh, and kudos to insomniac for just creating one of the most cinematic games of the year there there's massive set pieces incredible boss battles and it's just such a damn fun time to move around in that game, I just I, it blew me away. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big gamer, so my my list was quite limited. But this was an easy choice for me. Uh, you know, the the first Spider-Man by Insomniac was it finally convinced me to go out and buy a PS4. Um, and so Insomniac, they did it again, just in terms of the unbelievable fun that I'm having playing. I'm 68% of the way to my platinum trophy. Uh, I don't do that very often, but when a game like this comes around, uh, like, you know, you mentioned so many of the aspects. Uh, I mean, the fact that I can absolutely kick ass at this game and I don't have to button mash because the controls are just so fluid and natural. It's, it's such a unique experience for a very bad video game player like myself. Um, <laughs> you know, the fact that they somehow improved on the traversal aspects and getting around got more fun 
this time around is like such a testament to the game. And then like the, the creativity of those boss battles, it like getting you to use everything you've learned throughout the game and, and finding different ways to, to face these different big bads. I would say my only issue is that those big bad boss battles are a little like far between at some uh, points of the game. Um, especially if you're doing a lot of the side missions in between, but that's a, a very slight, uh, you know, negative against the game. Otherwise, absolutely perfect. And yeah, one of the best games I've ever, ever played. Justin, how about yourself? Yeah, I think the game of the year definitely should go to Spider-Man 2. Um, I think for all the right reasons that you guys said, um, it's, it's definitely a great balance between storytelling because they have a lot of fun with the, the way that they're telling their story um, and gameplay experiences that, feel worthwhile uh that inform the story so yeah uh, spider-man 2 is the game as well for me yeah i think it's it's incredible what they're able to pull off over at insomniac but i cannot wait for for the next spider-man game and uh, i think definitely wolverine it's it's just nuts to me that the studio can be producing so many games so rapidly so quickly but then still at such a high quality phenomenal phenomenal job Awesome. Um, okay, well, Nate, you alluded to it earlier, uh, and I think anybody who's listened to the show knows where we're going next. Uh, Meg, what was your favorite game of the year, I wonder? I don't know. There was so many <laughs> I was looking forward to this year. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's it's 1,000% obvious. Tears of the Kingdom was the most incredible game. I have been waiting for this game since it was initially announced in 2019 and I have not thought about anything else maybe my wedding but mostly Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom <laughs> I had huge expectations for this game I was watching every analysis video I was looking up all the lore and those expectations were met and exceeded it was incredible story, unimaginable gameplay that none of us saw coming, and basically Breath of the Wild on steroids. It took forever to complete this game, <laughs> and I still have so many hours to play side quests and find new corners of this map that I thought I already found, but I felt fulfilled and content with this extraordinary game. I'm really excited to see what they do with Link and Zelda next because I literally have no idea aside from maybe a movie. <laughs> oh. So my, my game is also the same as Meg's. Uh, okay, good. Basically all the same reasons she said. I think my biggest thing is the fact that it made me go and collect uh, 900 more Koroks on the same <laughs> map speaks testaments to how good the game yeah. is because I went the, all the hours I put into it was great. But I have to, I mean... I'm going to go on and shout out the other Nintendo titles I love because Nintendo is why I fell mm. in love with gaming to begin with. And this year has been stellar for Nintendo releases. We had Pikmin 4 earlier, Super Mario Wonder reinventing the side-scrolling Mario genre and yeah. giving it a whole new spin. Nintendo is blowing it out of the park. There's their IP they constantly get right. So any Nintendo game with characters they created, I'm always going to buy. And then I also just want to quickly shout out because I'm the biggest Harry Potter fan, I, maybe I out of all say. of us. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy was phenomenal. I am so glad that I was very generously gifted a PlayStation 5 so I could <laughs> play it on the best console to play it on. Um, that was an amazing game and it was such a cool way to discover Hogwarts in a new way. Mm -hmm. Just needed, you needed Quidditch though. That's the only thing. Uh, I know. No Quidditch. <laughs> Next time. That's why it's Next not my one. number one. Yeah. Next one. Yeah, I was I was really looking forward to that one and even borrowed my brother's Xbox so I could play it, slapped in the game. 
uh, did the little intro, created my character, and then my wife took over, and that became her game of the summer. <laughs> so I wouldn't know, but it does sound like it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, but not all dreams come true. Sometimes mm. our expectations get the best of us, and we are let down. Now it's time to share our biggest disappointments of the year. And considering I'm the resident curmudgeon and the resident <laughs> bummer of the program, I'm leading things off here. I've tried to keep my answers short uh, for the other categories because I have a bit to say here, and it's going to be controversial. Uh, I had a hard time choosing just one thing here. Indiana Jones 5 was one of my most anticipated releases of the last decade. It certainly wasn't terrible and had just enough nostalgia to please parts of this diehard fan but it was just okay. Like, really, really just okay. Um, season three of Mandalorian was forgettable at best. Secret Invasion and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania are amongst my least favorite MCU releases ever. And Wish was far from good enough in my mind to represent 100 years of Disney. So while I couldn't choose just one disappointment, there's a commonality between my aforementioned nominees. Disney. Disney was my biggest disappointment of the year. The company Whoa. has never had its fingers dipped in more inkwells, and if they were firing on all cylinders, that would be an incredibly tantalizing thought. But perhaps they're stretching themselves too thin and trying to do too much all at once. While there were some highlights, Little Mermaid was a lovely live-action adaptation, Loki and Guardians 3 were incredible conclusions to incredible character arcs spanning more than 10 years, and Haunted Mansion fulfilled all of this Disney Park junkie's Easter egg desires but there were far more misses than hits from the once seemingly infallible studio. Bob Iger addressed one of the major issues impacting the MCU right now, namely focusing too much on quantity instead of quality, and I think that can probably be applied to the studio as a whole. I'm far from giving up hope that they can regroup and rediscover their magic touch, but there definitely has to be a new approach from the studio before they lose decades of good faith from loyal fans by oversaturating the market with mediocrity. Whoa. Kevin, we're, we're going to Disney pretty soon. Like, uh, are you going to be okay <laughs> there? Like, what's oh going on? Everything's forgotten once you once you drive under the gate. Everything's forgotten. Are you kidding? Yeah, get you a Dole Whip, Kevin. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, don't worry. It'll, you'll be fine. Put some Mickey ears on. No, that's you'll one, be okay. That's one place where you know they aren't sort of. I haven't been disappointed the by parks. a lot that they've done at the parks. Uh, the new Guardians ride, I think that we tried for the first time this year. Um, is maybe the best thing Disney did all year. It's incredible. Can't wait to ride it again. Uh, so yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Those parks, those parks aren't going anywhere <laughs> in my heart. They're, they're tops. Don't worry. Um, just what disappointed you the most this year? Well, in your nominees list there, it was, it was in there. Uh, secret invasion, I think was the biggest disappointment <laughs> for me. I, I don't think I've, I've actually, uh, been more angry at a show for wasting my time <laughs> and wasting the time of fans. <laughs> Um, you're not wrong, Kevin. I don't think you're wrong to say Disney's a little off course, if you will, which is a big reason why I believe, you know, Bob Iger is back to steer the studio and, and the company back in a direction where, you know, it is quality over quantity and not the other way around. I enjoyed most of what Disney gave us this year. I do think that a studio that is always at the top, like Disney, is always going to be scrutinized and is always going to be hardly criticized by critics, by moviegoers, fans, so on and so forth. You know, an excellent example would be something like Elemental, which wasn't well received, but through a longer theater run, you know, was generally appreciated and, and, and 
generated a lot more money. Uh, I think that's a great example. But, you know, with Marvel, it, it is crazy to see how some fans are right. Some things are really, really bad. But there was just so much hate around the Marvels, which was so undeserving. And it also just felt personal. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we saw this with Lucasfilm back when, uh, you know, Solo dropped. They had to take a step back and reevaluate their strategy with storytelling. And I honestly think that Star Wars looks great. You know, Ahsoka was such a huge highlight from 2023 and probably one of the best pieces of Star Wars content we've gotten in a really long time. Um, but, you know, Marvel is is definitely quantity over quality. And we it is very apparent. And Secret Invasion is such a testament to that. Uh, there was no sense of quality in the story. There was no sense of attention to detail of the kind of story that they were going to tell. You have a show that comes out like Andor that does the greedy spy thriller, thriller in a galaxy far, far away so well. And yet you think that it would work really, really well, obviously, in the MCU. And it was fumbled. It was treated really like poorly. I, I don't even understand the point of what that show was. And even following watching the Marvels, um, you know, it it was even further an example of like the show didn't matter. Secret Invasion does not matter. Like I, you know, there's just there's so much about it that just was so apparent. And we've talked about it in the past when we're when we're looking at something and it feels apparent that things have been taken out, things have been shifted, things have been recut, and the story that we're getting is not the original story. I've never seen a more glaring example from the MCU that obviously points out that things were changed and there was no sense of structure or course with the story. It started out strong, it ended really, really bad. And I think a lot of it is has to do with, again, the quantity over quality. There just wasn't that attention that you would expect from Marvel. And I think it's just such a clear example that they really do need to get their bearings right with the kind of stories that they're telling and focusing on that quality piece. But, you know, again, going back to what you're talking about with Disney, you know, this is a this is a big studio that owns a lot of different studio properties. Uh, you know, haters are going to hate a lot of the times, right? So I feel like that's a lot of what influences the negativity around Disney at the moment. I'm right there alongside you, Justin. My biggest disappointment of the year is uh, Secret Invasion. Um, I think, you know, looking at this category and thinking about things that were awful in 2023, like The Flash, was not something I was looking forward to uh, watching. If anything, I was I didn't want to go see that movie, and I was proved, <laughs> proven <laughs> correct to not to not enjoy it. Um, I, I, I think, you know, uh, phenomenal performances in this series. Samuel L. Jackson, Charlene Woodard, Ben Mendelsohn, Olivia Coleman, Kingsley Benadire. If you can watch a supercut of some of the highlights of their performances from this series, do it. That is way more worth it. Uh, and than... it would be an hour long yes. rather than six hours. <laughs> yes. That's it. And more enjoyable for sure. For sure. I for think sure. we did a whole watch club on it and it was clear to see that after the first two episodes, which we thought were fantastic, things just started to go down hill uh no pun intended Ooh. um or was it uh, <laughs> uh but no i think i you know it's just you brought you absolutely nailed it justin the spry the spy thriller aspect was missing i didn't want i didn't read the comic books for secret invasion so i wasn't expecting like an earth shattering event show i was expecting a spy thriller and especially coming off of watching all of the mission impossible movies leading up to watching dead reckoning part one getting into this show and just seeing where they took it it just it it, it just got so messy halfway through and it just felt like it was like by the end of it it just was as you said justin 
didn't feel like anything mattered and it just felt kind of like a waste of time. So yeah, I am right there alongside you. Uh, Secret Invasion as my biggest disappointment of 2023. It was like six episodes all to build up to a big baddie boss battle that wasn't nearly as good as it should have been considering what they tried to do during that battle. With awful CGI. Yes. Oh, baby yes. arm. Yeah. Baby yeah. arm, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Baby yeah. baby Drax arm. Not good. And it, and it does. It goes back to that quantity over quality thing. The first phase of the MCU takes 12 hours and 45 minutes to watch. Phase four is 55 hours of content. There's too much. There's just too much. It's just, it's insane. <laughs> wow that they're trying to do as much as they are, and that's where you're losing it. Yeah, and the strategy evolved also, like, 20 movies over 10 years to get to Endgame, right? Now they want to do more with less time to get to Secret Wars. And then there's just so much in the pot, which is now, like, you have them designing Marvel Spotlight and, you know, Marvel Special Presentation, so you understand what fits. And there's this whole idea of, well, this is more, more important than these things. Like... I don't know. It just there's no problem with giving us something like Echo, which is refreshing, or Daredevil, you know. But like I don't know, just care about the projects that you're doing, right? And you know, have a, have a sense of of standard to what you're doing because it, it seems like it's it's there's an obvious shift in the quality of storytelling uh, that's coming out. And you know, even though there is that thread that kind of binds it all together, the fact that the first four phases of of the mcu were done over 10 years that, that's a testament that's what you celebrate is that it took him 10 years 20 movies to get to the big baddie that was always there you know what i mean so well and now with all the controversy who knows what they're doing but maybe they'll take this maybe use it as an opportunity to to regroup refocus re-strategize and figure your shit out marvel um Darcy, <laughs> how about yourself what 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 bummed you what disappointed you this year well, so, I mean, as, as the big Marvel fan that I am, it isn't actually a Marvel property that disappointed me the most this year. Uh, I The only DC character I read outside of Batman has always been The Flash. I always love the way they tell his stories and use his powers. And unfortunately, the way what we got in The Flash this year was everything I did not want. They, the way that they handled the character, the CGI, the, the poor use of the return of Michael Keaton's Batman, mm. just everything about that movie and just oh, the way they presented the multiverse and the unnecessary cramming in of all these references to the past movies. It was done so poorly and so sloppily. It really made me fall out of love with the character because again, the character was what drew me to the Flash because he is kind of very quippy, very smart, very Spider-Man-like in his, his presentation and, and his fighting. And we got a bit of that with the Barry Allen in this Flash movie, but everything else surrounding it was just god-awful. So yeah, my biggest disappointment was definitely The Flash. I still say it was okay. <laughs> I, I disagree. <laughs> I think that multiverse scene that you mentioned, Darcy, uh, gross is just the word that I would come yeah. come to mind with it. In, so, in so different ways. In different ways. Yeah. Oh. Unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I think Megan's biggest disappointment is that the new Zelda game didn't come out uh, after Tears of the Kingdom, like another one <laughs> didn't come out uh, right away. Is that is that correct? Yeah, we didn't get a trailer. <laughs> no, I'm going pretty far from where you all are at in the superhero zone. Um, my biggest disappointment this year was a season four of a show that I've been watching for like three, four years now. Um, Sex Education, hmm. season four. Hmm. This show, the first three seasons, 
incredible. It is such a great show. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's not preachy at all. It's exciting and boundary pushing and sexy, but it's it doesn't try to push these expositional narratives about like teenagers and sex and how you need to protect yourselves and like mean girls, you know, if you have sex, you'll get pregnant and die. Like this show actually talks about those subjects in a very insightful and educational way, but not pushing the narrative of like being scary. When they announced that season four would be the final season, my expectations were super high. I was preparing for an unbelievable ending, but this show did the exact opposite. Mm. They shoved way too many storylines into eight one-hour episodes, and the preaching vibes kind of trickled in. There were so many new characters introduced with such a widespread of representation, but none of those storylines and characters were given the space to share their experiences. I didn't leave the show feeling much for these new characters because I wasn't given the time to get to know them. And our tried and true characters went through some huge changes, but again, there wasn't enough time to give them space to experience those things. The show fell super flat and didn't hit me the way the first three seasons did. Hmm. Uh, so I was really, really upset. You are that. not alone there. Uh, looking at audience scores for the over those four seasons, they actually went up over the first three seasons. Season three is the highest ranked from audience scores, and then season four, whew, it is significantly lower. So I think Plot. a lot of people were were disappointed by that. Yeah, I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the fact that Trudy Gottwo was announced as the 15th Doctor, and like that is a very <laughs> demanding role. No, he is. He's well. He's one of the stars of the show. Of okay. Yeah. With the fact that his upcoming role is going to be demanding so much time, and they were like, as opposed to continuing the story without him, maybe they were like, let's just end the story with all our characters still together. Like, I, oh, okay. I wonder if that was something that came into play, maybe or or maybe when not. they decided sure. this was the final. When they decided season? it was the final season. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know because the they introduced like. I don't even know, maybe almost 10 new characters that we were supposed to feel something for. And the representation was like, no, we had transgender characters. We had deaf. We had blind. We had all these uh, like paraplegic people who I wanted to understand where they came from and learn about their experience. But we got like bits here and there. Mm which makes you kind of not really care about them, which sucks because those kinds of stories need to be told and this was the perfect platform to do it mm-hmm. and they they failed, mm. which sucks. Mm. <sighs> well, we are not all doom and gloom here on the Geek Center podcast. In fact, that's not <laughs> what we're doing at all. So I do think it's time we shift gears and look forward. It's time to share some of the movies, TV shows, and games we are most excited about for 2024. Justin, we need we need some brevity in here. We need we need to get this morose vibe shaken Hype off. Us up, bro. Yeah, us what's up. the first thing that you just cannot wait to see this year? Oh, dude, I don't know. There's there is a lot on this list, but <laughs> yeah, I, we're, I think... we're certainly not going in or ranking order of most anticipated. No. It'd be hard to quantify that, but just throw one out there. Let's see what it. Well, from I, I'm going to throw the one that I think we're all looking forward to, just based on I think it's uh, it, the popularity of its the characters, and that's. Deadpool 3, uh, you know, we were just talking about uh, Marvel and he not really having their shit together at the moment. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we're obviously huge fans of, of the MCU, but we're not afraid to to point out where there's opportunity. And I think 
you know, with Deadpool and the fact that they've made that the movie of their year of 2024, there's no other films of, of the MCU that'll be coming out then. I think we'll be getting a few shows, but uh, I think this has the uh, ability to kind of maybe allow Marvel to kind of find a new course of direction, given everything that's been going on in 2023 for them. And, you know, it's one slate of movies kind of hit home, whatever a bigger story is for them. And using Deadpool as the character that can kind of do that with the return of Hugh Jackman and obviously anyone else, because there's so many rumors about who the hell's in this movie. Um, It'll just be really interesting, even with the hype of that, to see what it is that they're actually going to put in front of us uh, as a film and how self-referential it's going to be, given the fact that, you know, there's Fox characters and the MCU characters. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. Even I'm sure Deadpool will have something with Mickey Mouse and vulgarity and, <laughs> and something like that as well. Right. So, yeah, Deadpool three is is on the list for me as well. I, I, I just wanted to kind of, you know, I think the first Deadpool movie was so great at giving a perfect blend of some of that sort of MCU humor that we would expect, but clearly in the Fox universe and with those characters. And I'm excited to see, even if they just touch on X-Men a little bit, I think it's going to be really cool. I hope we get a trailer soon for it. Um, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds in a movie together as Deadpool Finally. and Wolverine. Finally. Come on. It's uh. it's incredible. I'm so excited. Um, you know that's what Ryan said to him, too. It's like, Hugh? billion dollars yeah. yeah just to have the two of us in, <laughs> yeah. there, in there done right you know what done. i mean yeah it's just like so he was like all right i'll do it but you know a, what I mean? a multiversal so. you know road trip movie is fantastic and listen i i'm i might be in a bit of the the minority on this one uh in the geek world overall i really enjoyed uh, a lot of the aspects of she hulk and the humor in she hulk yeah uh, and mm-hmm. i think Same. some of my favorite yeah. moments in she hulk are the self-referential humor that we get around marvel studios so you know i yeah. think for a, a movie that can help heal uh, some of the Marvel Ooh. fandom. Uh, I think Deadpool 3 is the perfect opportunity for them to take a look at what was going on and maybe yeah. make some commentary about it that's going to get us laughing and chuckling and saying, you know what? It's okay, Marvel. We forgive They you. got this. Yeah. They yeah. got this. They got this. Yeah, I think, I think outside of Fantastic Four and um, whatever they want to do with X-Men, this is definitely the property that has people most excited to see what they'll do with it in the MCU. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, you guys absolutely nailed it there. This is right near the top of my list. Just the fourth wall breaking, the Easter eggs, the the the, the yeah. multiversal madness that they can pull off with the Deadpool character can not only probably be the rep- best representation of the multiverse we've seen yet, but also, like you said, do some things. They can course correct with that if, if, if they really want to. So it's very exciting to see. Um, we have to wait a little while. That comes out on July 26th. That cannot come soon enough, but I'm sure there's a ton of other great things coming down the pipeline that we can look forward to before that. Uh, let's go. Dars, what are you looking forward to most? Well, I mean, it, I've already mentioned uh, Chudi Gatwa earlier. He is returning to the role, or I guess beginning his role in full uh, in the spring as the 15th Doctor. And after the three specials with the return of David Tennant and uh, Catherine Tate as the 14th Doctor and Donna Noble, and then leading into that uh, Christmas Day special where it was Trudy Gatwa's first full performance as the Doctor, I cannot be more excited to see what stories are going to tell. His Doctor is immediately uh, like so engaging and so compassionate and so different than any of the Doctors we've gotten before. I cannot wait to see how he's going to fix the problems that are thrown his way, basically. So yeah, Doctor Who, come this spring, I will be 
eagerly awaiting each episode. Nate, have you have you jumped on the Doctor Who bandwagon yet? I know you. you I said about that it all I would. Last year. Yeah, I said that I would, <laughs> and I didn't. I'm so sorry, Darcy. Both Doctor <laughs> Who, One Piece, and also Dungeons and Dragons were discovering. I'm much. <laughs> I'm very far behind. Uh, maybe I gotta, you know, maybe just dive into those, shut everything down, and 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 watch those. Um, so what? Yeah. One of the nicest things about Doctor Who and the fact that you haven't caught up yet with this new Doctor, it almost seems like they're doing. It's a new jumping on point much like the ninth doctor was a reboot to the series the 15th doctor is a new jumping on point you'll be introduced to everything that makes doctor who special and if you like it you can go back into that wealth of of stories that they have okay i'm there yeah definitely give it a shot i mean if you want to give it a shot they have that again that christmas special that came out where it introduces the 15th doctor and his companion ruby sunday you will instantly fall in love with as long as there's not like a a cliffhanger of one of the episodes at the end of the season where a character just like comes out of the shadows and looks at the screen and then the music gets loud and i'm like i don't know who that (laughs) (laughs) doctor who Who doesn't do that when they do the references to other stuff it'll be in the middle of a season where you'll be like oh i don't really get that episode but i'm looking forward to what comes next so good stuff russell t davies is returning to the show we're going to get some incredible storytelling so sweet definitely worth checking out uh, well, Nate, you're not you're not quite ready to jump into the uh, the blue telephone booth. Uh, but what are you very excited for this year? Oh man, I am so stoked! Uh, this is a a universe that we never talk about, uh, and uh, and I'm just excited to kind of get into it. Uh, and that's Star Wars. Uh, there is going to be some <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Star Wars uh, projects coming out, but I think the one that I'm most excited for in 2024, if it hits in 2024, I hope it does, um, is The Acolyte uh, from Lucasfilm and Leslie Headland. Uh, this is touted as Frozen meets Kill Bill, uh, and the show takes place between the High Republic and the prequels. And uh, and from the small amount of stuff, the footage we saw a trailer, uh, Darcy and I, and then Justin, I think you caught the, you found like the leaked one somehow um, <laughs> online. This looks incredible it's the classic star wars themes the the samurai cinema mixed with uh, familial conflict um but you know i i I loved uh squid game uh so getting to see lee jung jay here as a jedi master is going to be awesome uh there is a sequence we get to see in the trailer that is carrie ann moss as a jedi going toe-to-toe with amanda stenberg's character and it gives you matrix vibes like if you literally do the training scene and you you replace neo with amanda stenberg and morpheus with carrie ann moss it is that but in star wars it looks so dark (laughs) it looks so cool i love when we can get a different perspective in a universe where we've really only seen stories told from one side, and uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to watch. I cannot wait. It's gonna be amazing. Plus Jedi Jedi Wookie. Come yeah. on, I'll watch come that. on, like, <laughs> come yeah. on. About time we see that in live action. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you, Nate. I think Star Wars is like it's not just out the acolyte. I think it's it's everything that Star Wars is actually gonna pro- probably put out this year with potentially Bad Batch season three. Uh, we're gonna be getting we're gonna be getting. Uh, I think Andor's actually been delayed from from what I've heard, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if that's true. Um, it's one of my biggest disappointments of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, already. But we're also gonna get the skeleton crew, so I'm really interested with that. I, I think oh, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of what we were talking about earlier, I think Lucasfilm is is, is sort of figuring it out. Uh, they had a really great year i think even with with 
Ahsoka, Bad Batch season three, uh, you know, and then, you know, leading into those was, was Andor from, from 2022. Um, I think they've, Lucasfilm is figuring out their, their sort of, their vibe and story. And obviously today with the recent news that Mandalorian and Grogu will be in theaters uh, as a, as a movie, uh, only in, is more intriguing, uh, given the fact that they they were they've gone from television now and they're going to be going into a, a movie landscape. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what what that's all about. But no, I think I think anything Star Wars this year uh, has the potential to be be really really great. I'm I'm very excited for uh, uh, Skeleton Crew too, just to see what it's about, oh, right? Yeah. Just to see how, mm-hmm. how it's going to work. So, uh, yeah, there's there's lots of Star Wars coming down the pipeline, uh, but I have a feeling we're going to shift directions slightly. Uh, Megan, what's something you're very excited for in this upcoming year? Yeah, I've got a few. I've got a movie, a show, and a video game that I'm crossing my fingers I get to see this year. The movie is uh, we're going to bring it back to Ryan Reynolds. A film directed by John Krasinski and written by John Krasinski, starring Ryan Reynolds, starring (laughs) Mm -hmm. Steve Carell. I'm so excited for If. It looks amazing. I've been waiting for this movie for a while because I think I was listening to the Office Ladies podcast and um, John Krasinski was on there for an interview and he talks about, yeah, I'm working on this movie. I get to work with Steve again. And he talked about it being called Imaginary Friends. And then the moment I saw this trailer, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. <laughs> it looks so much fun and so uplifting. And I think we just need more of that in film. So yeah. I'm really, really excited for that movie. It comes out May 17th this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to agree with you there. It looks really cool. It also makes me think of Foster's Imaginary Home for Friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Live action. Very similar vibes. Yeah. Live action version of that with Ryan Reynolds. Sign me up. I'm I'm yeah. in the theater first day. So yeah, yeah I can't wait for that one either. <laughs> I, I also got like some some weird like uh, almost like Wonka vibes. Do you know what I mean? Like the sure. sort of whimsy of 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 like, you know, that world uh, and, and obviously interjected into into something new here with with it. But it, de- it definitely has like obviously the animation with live action, the very, uh, uh, you know, Chippendale or, or uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, obviously famously using the, the mixed medium. Um, so it looks cool that they're going to be bringing in all these elements to kind of give more depth and character it's it looks like a lot of fun yeah and gives gives a little bit of live action monsters ink yes too, i feel yes mm-hmm. there you go absolutely nailed that okay well you went you went bright and bubbly and fun and lovely uh i'm gonna go heavy and dark and um i'm going with uh the sequel to a movie that i was excited for um but not, not really that excited for i knew it was going to be a theatrical you know experience but i didn't know how much i would just instantly fall in love with dune and so yes. dune part two it being delayed was certainly a bummer uh but you know what the end of last year was super busy so this gets to move into a bit more open space and really have time to breathe and stand on its own Soon. uh yeah dune march. part two march 1st um you know yeah. and the the early word is that the the second one is somehow better than the first and that just has me even more excited i might be the most excited for for dune part two i cannot wait to ride some sandworms baby <laughs> Yes, and, and to do the review so they can sing that song again. <laughs> I am predicting right now that it'll be Kevin's 2024 disappointment. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, shoot. You're bursting my bubble. <laughs> no, Flo Poo's in it. It can't be disappointing. There we go. Right? Possible. Yeah. There's no chance. Who will flow? As long as Austin <laughs> Butler doesn't do the, uh, as, long, as long as Austin Butler doesn't have the Elvis accent, I will be, I will be happy. As soon as he, hopefully, they made him a mute. 
just like he doesn't talk. <laughs> oh my don't, God. Just, there's no, all there's eyes. no risk. There we go. I like it. <laughs> you know, Austin, just just yeah. don't talk. I think we're going to go a new direction with this character. Oh, I think I should uh, maybe talk a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, the character's wearing blue suede shoes. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? That's <laughs> an odd choice. It was a really, really no, good I'm just okay, excited going, to, to stand outside the theater and sing a little Chalamet, Chalamet, Timothy, Chalamet. It's going to happen again. I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> uh, Jess, what else are you looking forward to this year? Well, I, 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 I am interested in, in the Joker, Folia Du. Yeah. It, it's going to be weird. Uh, I love the idea, the concepts of, of a musical, but obviously given what we got with, with the first Joker uh, just that sort of mental psych- psychotic side. So how that's going to play into it. Uh, there's this movie I've probably talked about in the past uh, that stars Bjork. It's a European film called Dancer in the Dark. Uh, just the whole concept around what this movie is with the Joker gives me those sort of vibes, a, a musical playing out in someone's mind and uh, having having those sort of really dark qualities to it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how, how that one turns out. I think out. it'll be really fun. <laughs> it might be. Why don't you get nominated next year for like best, best musical, best musical best, comedy? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Best musical comedy. Yeah, exactly. At the Golden Globes. Amazing. I mean, we have seen um, a comic book movie um, following up uh, a movie that got uh, that earned an Academy Award for best performance before not do as well as its predecessor. So hopefully that's not the case here. Um, but I mean, bringing back Joaquin, What movie are you talking about? Uh, uh, Dark Knight. Uh, I don't think Dark Knight Rises oh. nearly reached the levels in terms of, and I think even its lasting legacy isn't quite up there with with the with Dark Knight, um, you know. Um, so I, I was just trying to make a, a brief parallel between those things and that, <laughs> oh. you know, Joaquin's role there is one of the, the, the best regarded comic book movie performances ever. And so to follow that up is always going to to be an incredibly challenging and daunting task. So maybe Phillips is on to something saying, I'm going to switch things up here and do something really weird and quirky oh, yeah. and different, you know? And so that's yeah, probably I think that's, clever. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the strategy of, of how you do it. Right. Cause I don't think, I don't think obviously when Nolan was stepping into the dark Knight rises, he was intending on what happened with Heath. Right. I think he very much would have completed that story and maybe had some more, you know, another villain involved. Um, but obviously it was kind of a forceful, let's wrap this up and you know that that kind of shows where obviously Joaquin's going to be able to carry that performance through into a sequel and really you know go the next level uh, with the character absolutely no it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite interesting to say the least uh let's just keep going around the table here Darce what are you looking forward to I've already mentioned it twice this podcast <laughs> here comes the third one one piece what? <laughs> what's that i've talked about the anime but I've, i mean, i shared the intro for the newest arc uh with the batches because they are the big animation freaks in the group and just the fact that the current animation in the show is going more that route that is ghibli almost yeah. inspired where there's so much dynamicness to the clothing and the hair and i shared some smear frames where they they are smearing everything they can possibly can <laughs> just to make it look more goofy and fit the vibe that is Luffy. And then parallel that with the manga going on, entering its final saga and wrapping up one of the most impactful and like touching backstories of these characters. I I honestly cannot wait to see where their story goes. Eiichiro Odo is incredible storyteller and has the greatest foresight when it comes to telling these stories. When you look at Game of Thrones, which has almost as many characters and just as many, you know, convoluted plot lines weaving together, Etcher Oda is doing it much better in that he knows where his end goal is going and how he wants to get there. And it's just such a thrilling ride to be along with. So yeah, One Piece, both anime and manga, has, 
has never been better. Yeah, you sent us that trailer for this next part, and I you got me hooked, Ars. I'm I'm gonna go into it. I'm very you intrigued have to watch a thousand animation stuff. How many episodes, Darcy? You say you have to watch first? It's, a, it's about eleven hundred episodes. First, like and hundred plus of those are are fillers. You can cut and then those. You'll, okay, you'll fit right in there. Yeah, you. The I'll get a Darcy list, yeah. and then there we'll... we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just have it on in the background as I'm doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the animation's incredible this season. So I cannot wait to see what they do next. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, from one anime based on a manga to another, perhaps? Maybe not, though. I know one of us will bring it up at some point here, Nate. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe leaning into something here. Uh, but So why don't you just tell us uh, what the next on your list for most anticipated projects of 2024 is? I don't have one that is an anime manga situation. I think it's a lot. He meant live action. Into a live action adaptation sort of of idea. Oh, of an anime. That's okay. You're not going to bend any air right now. That's fine. That's fine. We're not going to bend air right now. (laughs) No, Kevin, I I think that show, I'm worried about Avatar, to be honest with you. I think if we had a category that was biggest worry of 2024, (laughs) uh, it would be that series. I'm not, you know, I just, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I really don't want it to be in our biggest disappointment category. Uh, I'm setting my expectations that it just won't get mentioned next year. That's the expectations. And then I hopefully, I hope I'll be surprised. Um, But, you know, Darcy, you mentioned Game of Thrones. Uh, I got to talk about uh, the, the, the last thing that I am super, super, super stoked for uh, 2024. And that is House of the Dragon season two. Uh, It's, you know, for a spinoff of Game of Thrones, this absolutely nails it. It's, it's all the best parts of Game of Thrones, but done in a way that's, amped up in terms of pacing while still giving you an in-depth look at these families and especially the Targaryens over the course of 28 years and I'm just for from a performance standpoint I think that was the, the best part about it is you know Emma D'Arcy uh, and Matt Smith and Olivia Cook are all going to be coming back just Darcy. Uh, Emma Darcy okay it's not D'Arcy is it I guess you would know <laughs> you don't pronounce D'Arcy <laughs> That's why my name doesn't I'm going to call him Darcy. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, you know, having the cast coming back uh, last season ended in a way that was just so horrific and shocking and gets you to a place where you're like, it's about to go down. And the trailer looks phenomenal. It looks like the, the show is going to continue that trajectory into tragedy. And I am I am here for it. More dragons, bigger battles, all out war. Uh, I cannot wait. And Kevin, I know you and I are, are big uh thrones people darcy as well but uh yeah (laughs) yeah no that's that's definitely got to be on my list i'm almost uh beside myself that i didn't even give it a brief honorable mention in best tv shows of last year um and i think well it's 2022 though i think oh was it okay so i'm off the hook yeah that's why i didn't mention it because it it didn't come out last year (laughs) it makes perfect sense uh but i will just say you know i i always think about when i think about that show i think about this video i saw on tiktok or whatever insta whatever it was and it was somebody filming an apartment building and every single uh, unit in this apartment building through their balconies are flashing the show at the exact same, <laughs> at time. The same like, time. There's no such thing as like this destination viewing anymore where everyone just turns on the TV at nine o'clock to watch a show, but they did it for this one and and it paid off and I think it was a resounding success. And so, yeah, I have very, very high hopes. This is, an, this is one of those ones where I would I, I might just have to quit watching entertainment altogether if this were to wind up on biggest disappointment of the year because uh, my oh, expectations sure. are very high for that one. Mm-hmm. This that, that was the third one on my list as well. Uh, just 
Again, me and you, Kev, listened to that uh, the audio book uh, when we were driving to work the one time, or over m- many times at least. And just the story of the Targaryens has is is so interesting. The, the The fact that they can be the crazy, the good, and we get a lot of that in the House of the Dragon. I cannot wait to see everyone bring it again. Matt Smith is so likable. There's got to be a turn at some point because he does not play a very good Targaryen. So you know it's coming and I cannot wait to see just the crazy ride that they'll take us on. And I think one of the biggest successes of the show versus the, you know, the original Game of Thrones series is that it is so focused on just this central group of characters rather than stretching themselves mm-hmm. too thin over too many stories and too many characters. This is something that because it's so concise and, and involves such a limited number of players... Uh, they're able to play with time a bit differently and and really focus on these characters and give us more about just their story. And so I think that's only going to benefit it going forward. And yeah, there is some comeuppance and revenge coming, and I cannot wait to see it. Uh, speaking of can't wait to see, Meg, what's next on your list? Absolutely. Uh, mine's another like adaptation TV show, but this is an animated one. Um, Arcane season two is meant to be coming this November and I am stoked. This was a show that I was not prepared to watch. It was never anything that was on my radar. And I think in the art community, I just saw it popping up so much. So I threw it on while I was drawing one day and all of a sudden I wasn't drawing anymore. And I was just so sucked into this show, the three part the season, the the character development, the way they took characters from League of Legends and made them their own thing. Like, I, I, I don't know much about League of Legends, but I feel like it's really just the characters and the places that they've used, but it has nothing to do with the game. Um, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this show. It's going to be unbelievable. The teasers we've gotten have revealed nothing, and that's exactly what I want <laughs> from a teaser, so... I can't wait for that show. Oh, it's so good. Awesome. So yeah, good. I think can't that'll, wait. I think, uh, yeah, you guys are going to have a ball with the uh, the reviews for that one. So that'll be something to look forward to oh, towards yeah. the end of the year. Uh, Justin, I know it's hard to limit it to just uh, a few, just to three or whatever, but uh, what else is uh, near the top of your list for things you're most excited about? Oh, boy. Well, I don't know. Like, I, it's, I'm, it's movies for sure are definitely on that list. I know there's, a, like I said, Star Wars, and it's usually in the series space that Star Wars is kind of dominating. Um, another another film that I was, like, I'm really interested in, in seeing is uh, Kingdom of Planet of the Apes. Yes. Um, I've, I've loved those that, that franchise. I think I'm interested to see what Wes Ball's going to do uh, with, with the with the next iteration of stories. The trailer was, was incredibly captivating. Um, and it, it definitely has me like ready to go. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to do the rewatch of the movies leading into it. Um, and getting myself fully immersed into planet of the apes again. Um, but yeah, that's going to be, I'm hoping it's, it's a good one. I, again, like you guys were saying, I hope it's not on a disappointment list for 2024. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of exciting. Cause it looks like we're now sort of getting to where the original movie takes place and the and the monkeys yes. have started their uh, you know, their apes they, kevin sorry apes, apes. My, yes thank you oh boy uh, <laughs> yes no, good they, they're gonna listen to this you know that yes it's, <laughs> yeah, they, they, well they have i'm sure they've invented ipods and ipads and whatnot in their in their society but no it's it's kind of neat that we those three movies that we got over the last 10 years are almost just the lead in two the reboot so of cool. that original movie, yes. uh, maybe that spaceship uh, that they they're talking about very briefly in the background on like news channels on TV 
babies and stuff um, in the first one that the, 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 somebody's coming down for. I, I don't know. It's very exciting Whoa. to see what they might do with it. Maybe Mark Wahlberg's in it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> He's and in the spaceship. Any hype I have for it. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest disappointment right away. <laughs> Talking about the apes. Uh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> another another one too. Just guys revisiting movies. Uh, Twister. Like what? I saw that on the list of movies. Twister. Like, uh, Twister. Yeah. There's. Oh, that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's another tornado film. Uh, so. Like I don't. The one thing is, is that I don't know if it's a sequel or if it's a reboot. I hope it's a prequel um, when we get to learn how the Twister was born. <laughs> we get to see the Twister's origin story. That was two air currents It's actually done by Science. Pixar, right? And it's two, uh, two air currents. I would watch Let's that. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. It's like Elemental, but it's Science. Okay. It's like the happening Sorry. all over again. It's the wind. It's the wind. Uh, uh, well, speaking of re- reboots or sequels, rebootquels, uh, one I'm very looking forward to but apprehensively so is ghostbusters frozen empire uh the first rebuke was so so good but the fact that jason reitman isn't coming back uh they're replacing him in the director's chair uh i mean at least it's with um uh the gentleman i can't think of his name right now who co-wrote um uh afterlife with him uh the fact that we are getting the og gbs back in uh proton pack suiting up with a wonderful cast of of new ghostbusters including paul rudd i have hope for it i have hope for it um back in new york uh which is exciting for you know uh fans of the franchise so yeah, that one, that one, that's the most apprehensive excitement uh, I have for a project going into the year. Um, only time will tell. March twenty second is when that one comes out, so uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Darce, how about yourself? Uh, I mean, I think we've talked about most of the things I was excited for. The one movie I had on my list was Deadpool three, uh, but we that was kicked off the the most anticipated talk. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good things coming down the pipeline. So I am excited. There's not a ton of video games though. Is the weird part. So no, that's where I'm we like, got a big, we got a big year of video games last yeah, year. So, so they're taking yeah. their their time. But I, I don't know. There might be one on, video Meg game. I mean, <laughs> I have one that's supposed to come the out. Legend this of year. Zelda: Tears of the. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was supposed to come out last year, and then it got pushed, and now it's just at like a 2024 release date. There's no actual month. It's called The Plucky Squire, oh. and this game is a 2D 3D mix game. It has a lot of S of the new version of um oh my gosh what one is it it's the zelda game that they like redid for switch oh uh link's awakening thank you it has the link's awakening like aesthetic the sort of chibi really cute mushy looking characters gives off a lot of hilda vibes if you know the animated show hilda but it's like a storybook about a little knight and it's 2d and then all of a sudden he comes out of the book and he's like in a room and so he's cool. like gliding on a paper clip and it looks like everything I could ever want in a video game. <laughs> and I really, really hope it comes out this year because I've been waiting for it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for it as well. It, 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 look up a trailer of this. If you're driving right it's now, so pull over. It's worth it. Open up YouTube. Yeah. Check out the trailer. Uh, no, it does. Honestly, it looks so cool. I'm intrigued to see how it's going to run on Switch in comparison to uh, PS5 and, and, and Xbox. Sure. Hopefully, you know, with some of the mix of the 3D and, and side scrolling. But oh my gosh, does it ever look like it's going to be adorable and, and lovely and, and a good time? Yeah. Uh, well, there aren't uh, many video games that you're looking forward to, Nate, but are there any other movies or TV shows that uh, have you sort of peaked 
in terms of your interest? I mean, I think I, I, I got through all the ones that I, I had. And I mean, even Justin, you brought up um, uh, uh, or Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, um, you know, definitely excited. I think Inside Out 2 was maybe the only other one that I was like super oh, stoked yeah. to kind of another <laughs> Pixar movie, another Pixar sequel. Pixar and sequels are are usually pretty good. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this one uh, turns out. So, yeah, I think that might be the only other one. More tears, more tears. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> more feelings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, the only other thing that I am uh, very excited for, uh, I am ready to jump on a saddle and get my rip on one last time for the part two of the fifth and final season of Yellowstone. This has been delayed for about a year, so, like, no, no, no. I need to get back to Yellowstone Ranch and see what happens to these dastardly, lovable uh, characters one last time. My boy Kevin Costner. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that. That's November, so finally get to see the uh, the Yellowstone saga wrap up. And I just, my only hope is my boy Rip makes it out okay, or this is going on the disappointment list no, oh, no. matter what. Well, oh, as no. you can see, there is so much to look forward to in 2024, and that includes a plethora of content from yours truly at Geekcentric, because we will be there to cover it all and then some, including more reviews, killer interviews, convention coverage, and so much more. Thank you for joining us today for our look back at 2023 and our look ahead at 2024. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as a belated Christmas present, leave us a nice little rating so others know to join the Geek-Centric universe as our big happy family continues to grow. Uh, we'd love to know what your favorite and biggest disappointments were from the world of entertainment in 2023, and can't wait to hear what you're looking most forward to from the year ahead. As always, you can do so by shooting us an email at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that is so last year and you're ready for a new year, new you, hit us up <laughs> on all of our socials. Justin, where can they do that? Uh, well, they can reach us on X formerly Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Uh, they can also find us on TikTok at WeAreGeekcentric as well. We are already hitting the ground running as our first review of the year for Disney Plus's Echo is available now. So are some awesome interviews we did with the cast and crew for the latest entry into the MCU. Those interviews are available wherever you listen to podcast feeds and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric, along with all of our awesome interviews from last year, including those with the cast of Rebel Moon and with director Zack Snyder. Uh, grab, a, grab a comfy uh, reclining chair and, and sit back as Justin and Zach share, uh, share some thoughts and experiences on that movie. Stay tuned this year for more interviews, more reviews, and more watch clubs for some of the projects we discussed today in our Looking Ahead segment, as well as so much more, uh, including convention recaps. We have uh, a little trip in August uh, tentatively planned that uh, would be our first look at uh, D23. Hopefully we're doing more than just giving a recap from the internet feeds and we can give you our and live. hopefully they don't ban you, Kevin, after listening to this. They might ban you from the <laughs> D23. You, no, you, maybe you I'll, 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 I'll find a microphone. I'll pull a you. I'll find a microphone and share my thoughts. I'll come with my little diatribe written out so I can let them know uh, how I think. We also have our annual ostrich, uh, Oscar coverage. Oscar uh, Ostrich coverage. No, Oscar coverage coming out, <laughs> which uh, I get excited to do every single year. Uh, so the, the Golden Globes just got me started on my excitement for uh, the big show uh we're going to cover news and trailers i could go on and on uh listen 2024 promises to be our biggest and busiest year yet so please make sure to join us throughout the year as we celebrate debate 
review, and discuss all the things that make the entertainment world such a geek-centric place to be. We'll see you right here next time. But until then, love ya. Laters. Bye. Get home safe, guys. Peace.